Welcome to the Your Success Tonic podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Pinchon, founder of Storytonic and creator of the Story Makeover program. Find out the power of a story makeover by joining me at my upcoming masterclass. Just go to storytonic.co to grab your free seat. Now let's dive in. Welcome to your success tonic. Today, I have a very special guest with me, a friend and colleague, Lindsay Carlson, someone who knows firsthand what it takes to overcome adversity and start anew. Lindsay is a single mom who just 10 years ago had only seen examples of single motherhood through movies and TV shows. And there was a major turning point in her life and she is gonna share that with us today. And we have also uh, so many stories to dive into around her business success. And so I cannot wait to dive into these topics around resilience, determination, and overcoming huge obstacles. So welcome, Lindsay, to the show. And I'm just so happy you're here. Thank you, Natalie. I'm really happy to be here as well. I've wanted to share this story with you for a long time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I wanted to invite you today because I think we share so many themes in common in our lives, even though our lives are very different. And we both have this, this drive to really dive deep into our personal experience and bring that out to help others and share our personal growth journeys in ways that are um, normalize some quite difficult things for other people so that they can not maybe struggle quite as much as we did. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like all it takes sometimes is seeing someone who has done what you fear doing mm -hmm. uh, to take that barrier down. So I agree. Yes. Yes. So I wanted to kick off by congratulating you on launching your own podcast and inviting you to share a little bit about what inspired you to start your podcast. That's what it is and, and what inspired you to start it. Thank you. Yeah, Single and Mighty is a podcast for single parents leading mighty lives. Um, and you can find it on Apple and Spotify and Google and all those other great places, anywhere you get your podcast. Um, and really it's the culmination of a vision that I've had for a really long time, probably for most of the years that I've been a single parent, um, it can be very lonely as a single parent. And you can feel like you're the only one who's trying to juggle, um, especially if you're mostly on your own or completely on your own, juggle working, juggle kids, and also have that inner drive of something you know you really want to do. Um, but maybe you can never figure out how to fit that in and, and it's really hard. Um, so that was, that was a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And also for me, for my personal journey, my previous marriage was uh, a violent marriage. So I was leaving domestic violence and I've learned since then that a lot of people just stay in really horrible situations, toxic relationships because they can't imagine how, what it would be like to be on their own. It's really scary to think about. So just setting, you know, putting a few stories out there. We, we interview some amazing single parents who really have figured things out. And they're very honest about the emotional journey that they've been through. 
And um, I just hope that it gives people an idea that there's something possible if they're in a bad situation or if they're already out, um, whether it's domestic violence or just a marriage that didn't work, somewhere to go so that they don't feel all alone. Mm. Yeah, there's so much power in that and um, overcoming domestic violence is just an incredibly challenging journey. So whatever point in that in that journey you are in, it must just be so, it must make so much difference to know that there's someone else out there who understands and who can help at least empathize with you, if nothing else. Um, did you. you did you find any support along the way uh, in your journey? Yeah, thanks for asking. Actually, it, it shocked me when I began to realize that that's what I was going through because I didn't realize it at first. I just yeah. thought this was normal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I started to find more and more people going through very similar experiences, which blew me away. Um, people from all walks of life. I think we just don't have any sense of how common it is for people to be in really, really unhealthy dynamics in their relationship with someone who might have a personality issue or mental health issue, or they just not in a good place right now and, and what it can do to their partner and their family. And, and so once I left, I began to see so many other people with the same experience, um, that I thought we need to talk about this more in society. People don't want to talk about it. It's kind of taboo, but nobody really knows. And that's why they end up in that situation. So it was supportive to me, um, leaving when I began to talk about it because I had to bring it from being taboo to being, this is just my story. And that was really hard. Um, there's so much shame around it. And you, as you get used to a situation, you begin to you, and try and make it look like everything's okay on the outside, maybe. Mm -hmm. So with a few trusted people in my life, I just pulled the veil down and I said, well, I guess this is actually considered domestic violence. Ha ha. And they were blown away. They were like, yes. Um, but even that helped me believe and understand the story for myself as well and, and shift from accepting it as normal to realizing this was so, so far from normal. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, it's, it's so, um, there are so many parallels in terms of other experiences like that in our lives where we it takes us a while to actually acknowledge what's actually happening mm -hmm. and then once we do there's so much power in naming it and saying this is actually what it is and then when you and then when you do that you start to realize what's actually happening and it, it's that is actually a very difficult process to go through and then having people then uh, be there for you um makes so much difference to help help you kind of orient yourself and process that sort of trauma. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. And it, those are life lessons, definitely being willing to speak openly about challenges, yeah. being willing to accept help. Those are really good lessons to take from it for sure. Yeah. Do you, um, do you have any um, advice or 
you know, what, what would you say to somebody who is in a toxic situation, but is afraid to take that leap? Do you have any words to share with them? Um, yeah, I guess so. I, I think the point for me, there was a point where I saw one single parent who was very successful in business. She was on a, a TV show here in Canada called Dragon's Den. It's like Shark Tank in the U.S. Mm. Um, she was one of the investors. And as soon as I heard her successful single mom story, everything fell into place for me because then I could put myself in her shoes, even just for a moment in my imagination. Um, so I really do think, you know, expose yourself to new ideas, see different ways of try to see different ways that you could do things. And I used to hold so hard to holding my family together that it actually wasn't good for my family to hold together. Um, that was how I was raised though. So yeah, again, back to those examples, just there might be a better way. There might be a different way. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be so hard. Mm, that's so powerful. And I think one of the things that jumps out at me listening to you as well as the emotional trajectory is this, this, um, this point about women being able to, to support themselves financially. There are so many people who do stay in toxic situations because they can't see a way out. They don't know how they could possibly manage without the support, the financial support. So what, um, you know, what would you say um, gave you that, um, that courage to take that, that leap from being in this place to, you know, following this example of this, of this powerful woman who's just started her business, you know, when you started your business, um, what was the, that point, you know, the connection point from those two places? Mm, really good question. Yeah. So in the marketing work that I do, um, and I know you do a lot of marketing too. It's really wonderful. Uh, it's story-based, right? Mm -hmm. So we have, we always set the aspirational identity that someone could live into. And I really see that now looking back for me. So once you have the aspirational identity, then you can start to make a plan to achieve that identity. And it becomes more real in your imagination and in your life. Um, yeah. So for me, it was just little things like I... My ex had actually ended up um, really badly injured in a work injury. And then it was during the opioid crisis here in, in British Columbia, Canada. Um, and so doctors were prescribing opioids that later on have been restricted severely, um, but they were very addictive. So he had gotten really addicted to these opioids um, and he had been injured and he stopped working and we were running a, a construction company and everything just fell apart and financially it fell apart too. So I had very little to my name when I moved on. Mm. Um, and of course, cause it's abusive. He made sure that I had nothing. Um, so before leaving, I knew that there would be nothing for me. And I just sat down and I remember scribbling on the back of an envelope in the car, you know, could I get a thousand dollars together a month for rent? Could I, you know, get something for groceries together? You know, would it, 
like how much were my expenses and could I maybe figure a way out to cover them? And so when I saw those numbers, I thought, well, that's not too, too bad. It's not as horrible as I thought it might be. It is possible. Um, so taking those numbers in hand, finding some resources, I became very good at seeking out resources and, um, scrapped it together. But our first week, our first week actually out on our own, um, we had like 50 bucks for groceries, my kids and I. So I remember shopping for a week for my kids for $50 and it was just, it was bumpy. And at the same time, it was just, I knew that we could grow. I, I really felt like those numbers weren't that hard to achieve. So. Wow. Wow. That's, that really speaks to your strength and the, yeah, the, the amazing power that you sort of channeled to changing your life situation, even though it was really almost like a rock bottom moment, right? It was really, really rough, rough time. Mm -hmm. um, wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it feels like a really long time ago now. It's yes. a different world. Yeah, yes, definitely. Definitely. You have been through such a transformative process and you, so you did start a business for yourself, a very successful business at that. And that's just an incredible accomplishment just in itself, what you have done, just, just in terms of, of work. Um, so what would you say to somebody who is, um, you know, just starting out from that place of just like, I've got a vision. I know, I know it. I can do it. It's, it can't be that hard. And yet, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a big leap in, in lots and lots of ways. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a big leap. Um, I think the most important things I did were get really scrappy. So mm -hmm. I, I saw another single parent who was a friend of mine, surprisingly. Um, I hadn't thought of her in that way, but she mentioned at one point that she had gotten some programs covered by the local YMCA for the kids and that she thrift, she got some clothes at the thrift store for her kids going back to school. And it was just a little light bulb for me. I thought, oh, okay. Um, so I started digging in, like, what is available? What can I get for my kids to go to summer camps? What can we do to go swimming every week? What can we do, you know, for sports participation? Um, how can we get involved in swap meets and things like that? So I really tried to find those resources to extend what I had. Um, and then also I learned to value my time. So the only economic engine in our family, I had no child support. So it was me. Um, so I began to think of my time and energy as the most important part of the puzzle. So, yeah. So I hired a cleaner very early on because I knew that it would take me fewer hours to make that money working and I would be developing something bigger. Um, and if I didn't have to come home and also clean up, I'd have more energy. And also I got the kids to learn how to make certain things in the kitchen, um, and we ate out like once a week or had delivery, whatever it took so that I had a full amount of time for work was the priority. So that was, I think that was a great tip, even if it feels a little struggly to, to get that help, it really made a big difference. Um, and I think the last thing is really the growing my own mindset 
Um, little by little, even in the beginning, when I was, you know, up for custody battle and worried about all of that, I picked up a book and it said the best thing you can do, you know, to represent yourself in court and to make sure you don't lose your kids in court, which is terrifying to think about is to work on yourself. And it wasn't the advice I was looking for. I was looking for like a sure plan on how to make sure you don't lose in court. Yeah. But that has stuck with me forever. It's just developing your own life, your own interests, your own energy, just your own giving yourself permission to grow as a person. It's just, it's so powerful for you, for your, for your financial situation, but also for your kids. And that's what they need the most from you is that you are investing in yourself and becoming better and being the example that they need instead of getting stuck in arguments and battles and all of the stuff that can really drag you down in that separation process. So that was kind of a lucky, a lucky book to pick up, but I've held on to that for, for years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. This is what an incredible story of courage and resilience, but also just your clear-mindedness like you I can see right away that you prioritize things that are really hard for people to prioritize mm. knowing that you needed to really value your own time and your resources and and you know all of these things that you made sure to happen were you know they, these are these can be very difficult for some people to Right. To prioritize, right? It can take a lot of hard work to get to the place where you think, well, actually, you know, I do need more help. I do, I do need um, to hire somebody to take that piece over for me because then that will allow me to drive more profit in the business and mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Um, but also it's interesting how the um, these skills, these uh, strengths in you really positions you so well for entrepreneurship because mm. that mentality, that scrappy mentality that you describe, the ability to make the most of what you have, that is so, you know, so hard to, to have, but it's, it's so, it was so, it must've served you so well in your business journey as well. Thank you. Yeah. It's funny because business, um, was a bit of a longer learning curve for me. Mm -hmm. I started out as a contractor and a freelancer, and then I got really comfortable in a retainer with a client and I wasn't growing my sales and marketing at all. Wasn't making my own connections. I had all these connections through that client. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually I started worrying that I had so much invested in this one client that what would happen if, you know, if he didn't need my work or, um, if I needed to find it, I started getting in my head about it. So I pitched mm. him, I said, you know what, why don't you hire me full time and I'll help you grow your agency. Um, even though it wasn't, you know, it wasn't in my heart, the move that I wanted to make, I was really doing it out of a fear and a scarcity moment. Mm. Didn't want to lose anything. Yeah. And I needed the, I wanted the stability and I didn't for a moment there believe in believe that I could create that stability for myself. It just wavered. Yeah. And so then I spent years helping to grow and lead an agency and it really burnt me out and I was exhausted and I was actually very miserable that I couldn't create my own creative projects. I just felt 
completely used up by that job. And, and finally, one day I, I said, that's enough. I can't, I can't keep doing it this way. Somebody had evaluated that I was doing the work of three people. I was just holding too many things together and so unhappy. Um, so yeah, a couple of years ago, I, I leapt out of that again and back into doing my own thing. And now the only thing that's really different is believing um, that I can be scrappy and I can be resilient and put this together. That's really the big shift. Mm. Yes. Yes. I think, you know, this is, this is where um, I often talk to my clients around, you know, your success in business. Yes. You need a brilliant strategy. Yes. You need the right tools in place, but the biggest secret is about your mindset. Without the right mindset, doesn't matter how good your strategy is going to be, you are going to struggle. You will. Yeah. So uh, that's definitely my experience too. And I started out. Right. <laughs> and unfortunately, yeah. sometimes we we do drive ourselves into that place where we hit burnout. We we hit overwhelm. We we know that what we're doing isn't coming together in a sustainable way. Mm-hmm. It's not feeding our are, are, you know, the things that we value most in, in ourselves and in, in, in what we do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it, 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 I think business and entrepreneurship, no matter what you do, it has all those peaks and valleys that if you aren't able to be your big supporter, it's extraordinarily hard. Um, but I also learned from some of the clients that I worked with in the agency and outside of the agency, they really invested in their mindset too. The ones that were really doing well and they were hiring us for big engagements and you know their businesses were successful. They invested in mindset coaching. They invested in business coaching. They were heavily invested in taking care of that part of themselves because that's where their success would come from. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely see that, that the people who are willing to invest will just go much further, much faster and much deeper. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a huge asset to have a good coach on your side um, and, to, and to be de- developing your mindset, to be on this personal growth journey alongside your entrepreneurial journey. It's, it makes mm-hmm. such a huge difference. Um, yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah. And I'm curious as to how you balance being a single parent and still pursuing your passions and your goals and the, and the things that do nourish you. Yeah. Well, this is new. So to be really honest, being in a relationship that has so much drama in it, it just completely sucked my life away for 15 years. Um, I feel like there's a lot of lost time in those years. And then having to get it all together as a single parent, that was a singular focus. Um, I didn't really have a lot of time that I set aside for myself. Yeah. But now my two oldest kids are at university. They're moved away from home and I'm adjusting to that. Of course, it's really hard. Um, so it's just my 12 year old and I at home. And we kind of sit at the table and look at each other and we're like, okay, well, what is our new life going to look like? Because we're just getting used to not having the big kids here. And 
the energy is different, you know, mm-hmm. two, two very big, very loud kids are not here anymore. And, and so what, what do we have now? Um, and one of the things that we have now is a chance to redesign our, our lives and me, my personal life as well. And so I've really, I've really been interested in that. So over the past couple of years, um, I always had the dream that I would take my kids skiing, but I was a horrible skier. Um, so over the past couple of winters, I have been learning how to ski because my, my kids did take lessons. They do know how, so I've been learning how to get up there on the hill with them. Um, yeah. And there's that. And then fitness, um, I've been running for a year and really, really being consistent and enjoying that. And I, I love how much that brings to me in terms of, you know, quiet space and creativity and just getting the ideas flowing. So that's really fun. And then things like dating, like I have goals that I want to have this beautiful, well-rounded life. So I'm just, I feel like there's that circle that you have in coaching sometimes where you have all the different pieces of the pie Mm -hmm. and for years, it was all in the professional, like very lopsided in my professional pursuits and the to-do lists of life. Um, But now I'm, I'm really working for that full balance and making strides every which way I can. So. Wow, Lindsay. I just I just think you're such an inspiration. You really are. Your story is incredible. You're amazing. The strengths that you are able to channel and share with the world are amazing. So thank you so much for being here and being willing to share your story. I know that people are going to want to check out your podcast and find out more about you. So tell us where they can connect with you. Well, thank you, Natalie. This has been really fun. Um, we're at Single and Mighty on all the podcast um, stations, everything from Spotify to Apple, Google, you name it, or just Google us and you'll find us our website. And my marketing website is at mightyinc.co. So mightyink.co. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, I just feel like there's going to be so many stories that are going to come from you sharing your podcast, from initiating these conversations. And I know that you're making a big difference doing that. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity.